Welcome to Gonzaga Nation SI, the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. Adam Morrison not feeling the best this week, so we brought in a pinch hitter. He is a frequent on the Sack and Jack podcast that we also host on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. Producer extraordinaire, Christian Pedersen. He's going to take it over, lead me into some questions. I have an idea of what they are. I don't know 100% what they are. So, Christian, take it over. Dan, thank you very much for having me on. And I do appreciate uh, actually being able to talk about basketball and not whatever the hell Rob and Jack get up to uh, on a Tuesday morning. Uh, I'll say this, man. Also, I'm probably going to do a little bit more passing of the ball than Adam Morrison would ever have conceived of in his entire life. So, yeah, let's see how we do together. I'm curious, man. We are at... You know, it is New Year's, so we are technically at a turning point. This feels like a good time to pepper you with some questions about how you think the the non-conference went and how you think the conference play is going to go for Gonzaga. All season long, I have seen Sack and Jack ride this crazy emotional roller coaster. The season is over. The season is safe. I'm not surprised with either one of those guys. Rob's a little bit more even keel than Jack, though, that's for sure. There, But that's how emotional this season has been, is that if, if it can even get Rob Sacre to feel both ends of the spectrum, I'm even a little confused. So glad we have you here to help sort this all out. I'm curious, going into the WCC season, who do you think has performed both the best Maybe I don't want to necessarily the worst, but the most surprisingly give out some of your, you know, your, your, your highs and your lows of the WCC's non-conferences performances. So I think uh, there's a, there's one team in particular that is, uh, is still a head scratcher to me. They've shown unbelievable highs and they've also showed some lows and that's university of Portland. Uh, you know, they lost to open WCC play last night to LMU but they played the PK-85 in Portland over Thanksgiving time, and they took North Carolina to the wire. They took Michigan State to the wire. They beat Villanova, um, but they haven't been able to consistently win games, which is obviously, you know, what you need to do. So they've got talent. They've shown they can compete. I think they just need to, to finalize and execute um, some of those game plans to come out on top. I think the team that has been consistently a surprise throughout the year is Santa Clara. Um, you know, they were 12 and three going into conference play. They've got some really good wins. They finished their non-conference with a good win against Boise state at home uh, before Christmas. And, you know, I think Herb Sendek is on the verge of maybe getting Santa Clara back in the NCAA tournament. Now I know it's a stretch because they have to play well in the conference, but he's gotten three teams in the NCAA tournament before Miami of Ohio, North Carolina State, Arizona State. He's looking to try to get a fourth team there. Um, but he was great in the transfer portal. They got a wing, Brandon Pazminski. Uh, I've heard it pronounced a few different ways, so I apologize if I am messing that up. I will get clarification uh, before I call the game with Greg and Richard uh, on Saturday down there. But uh, he's been a tremendous scorer. Uh, transfer from Illinois, averaging uh, – he's hovered around the 20-point mark throughout this season. So uh, I think the big surprise is Santa Clara. So you say the team-wise surprises. Have there been any individual players that have maybe become you know the unprecedented superstars or you're like, hey, that guy alone could be a difference maker for the whole conference because of a domino effect. They get one win there sure. type thing. Or even just on Gonzaga, we know Drew Timmy, but there's been having some new names that have had to step up into the spotlight this year. Yeah, obviously to stay away from Gonzaga, everybody knows the the year Drew Timmy's having, so that that would be an easy one to say standout performer. Uh, 
Um, Maxwell Lewis with Pepperdine has has made some big strides in year two as a sophomore. I think, honestly, he's the best NBA prospect in the league. Um, now, if he leaves this year, do I think it's a mistake? I still think he needs to work on his, on his skill set and, and improve to become a guy who can last uh, and have a truly good pro career. But, uh, you know, there's there's a buzz around him and his game right now based on his improvement. Pepperdine hasn't played maybe record wise what you would have thought based on their talent level uh, with the returning group of sophomores um, and, a, and a nice, talented freshman in Javon Porter. So. You know, I think player-wise, to be a surprise, Maxwell Lewis, um, Pizminski with Santa Clara, who I mentioned. Uh, you know, the other one that I really think has been great for their individual program and the league is Tyrell Roberts at San Francisco. Uh, transfer from uh, Washington State. He's kind of been, you know, you knew Khalil Shabazz was going to be the main guy with the ball in his hands after Bouye left. And so... Shabazz has kind of taken Bouye's role to a certain extent from last year. Tyrell Roberts has kind of filled into the role of Khalil Shabazz last season. Uh, hit a game winner against previously unbeaten UNLV uh, a couple weeks back. So uh, I think those guys have been pleasant surprises. In a lot of our early shows this season, you mentioned that you feel like this has been a year where the WCC has elevated just even its base level of play. So are we looking at a, a you know, three or four teams going to make it into the tournament, or is this going to be a lot of friendly fire is Gonzaga in, 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 you know, they got a nice clear path because of that friendly fire. Or are they in, in danger this year? Maybe my question is like, where is your stress level going into WCP <laughs> or, or just, you know, how, how messy is this whole thing going to get in January and February? Yeah. You know, I think Gonzaga is again, done what they've done the last few years is dis distance themselves from the rest of the league. I do think St. Mary's is very good, um, but I think Gonzaga is better. Uh, I think you're looking at two clear-cut NCAA tournament teams in Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Then I think you're looking at uh, if all goes well, you could get a third team into the NCAA tournament this year. Is that San Francisco again? Is that Santa Clara? Uh, because those are the two teams that I see as, as, as being right there. Um, you know, based on, you know, what they've done in the non-conference. But if you then look at BYU's looked really good at times, unfortunately, they've looked really bad at times. LMU is already in double digit wins um, where it took them darn near the whole entire season a year ago to get to double figure wins. Um, so they're a team that can they break into number three? I don't think so, but they've performed. I think if you're looking at overall records, um, you know, Portland's been a little bit of a disappointment after playing well early. Um, and then Pacific is the only team that really has a poor uh, non-conference record. You could say, I guess you could put Pepperdine into that grouping as well. But Pepperdine, I think, has the talent. If they figure things out and put it together, uh, they could still challenge for a top half of the league finish. So what I'm hearing is overall, you still believe that the WCC has elevated their play. There's a couple of yes. breakout players for people to watch. What are people maybe not paying attention to right now that they need to pay attention to in the WCC? Yeah, I think it's the, I think the, what people aren't going to, aren't talking enough about is that three through seven and eight range uh, of teams I think are really good. I think nine and 10 are going to be Pacific and San Diego right now. Pepperdine is in that eight, nine, 10 mix because they haven't 
performed in in the win loss column, but I think their talent can elevate them up. So if you put Pepperdine in that eight, nine, ten mix, you're looking at three through seven. I think there's a lot of parity, and I think you're going to see uh, a, a lot of dogfights. I think LMU, uh, after you know year one in Stan Johnson uh, of having a nice run, uh, year two was a disappointment. A lot of that was due to injuries. Um, some of it was due to COVID game pauses, and then they couldn't regain their rhythm that they had at times a season ago. So I think the biggest thing people aren't looking out for is just how competitive three through seven in the league is going to be this year. All right, Dan, I will close out on this. And I know that you hate when I try to do the producer role and feed you sound bitey questions, but if you had to make a new year's resolution for Gonzaga basketball or just for the WCC in general, but we know people are here for the, the Zag information. What would that new year's resolution be? I think for the WCC, it's, uh, Teams that are, again, in that three through seven grouping that I mentioned have to protect home court. And, and by that, I mean, if a team in that grouping of three through seven really thinks they can make a run to get that third place spot, maybe challenge for second, you got to beat a St. Mary's or a Gonzaga at home. Um, you can't let that opportunity slide. More difficult to do than said, obviously. And then on the flip side, you can't lose to Pacific or San Diego, who are looking like the clearly uh, the bottom two teams in the league this year. You can't lose any of those at home. If you do, I, I think you're kind of big time shooting yourself in the foot um, and, and taking away any opportunities to really gain momentum and get into that those top positions of the league of the upper tier. For Gonzaga, I think if there was a WCC uh, New Year's resolution, uh, it would be don't change anything. You know, I think a lot of the fan base – was worked up early in regards to having three losses. And again, if you look at it, Gonzaga hasn't had three losses in the season at that point of the year in probably 12, 15 years. I mean, it's taken deep into February and sometimes March lately to have three losses. And so people were talking about the skies falling, what's going on, what's wrong. There was nothing wrong. It was a, a, a talented group of returners in new roles outside of Drew Timmy, everyone was really in a new role. Well, maybe Anton Watson and Roger Bolton weren't in new roles, um, but they were in more responsible roles where the outcomes were dictated by what they were doing. But then you had Nolan Hickman, you had Hunter Salas, you had Malachi Smith, you had, you know, uh, on down the list, guys having to, to figure out new roles and responsibilities and be up to the challenge. So, I think the big thing would be just stay the course with Gonzaga. Don't change anything. Uh, because if you look at the gauntlet of schedule that they played, it was ridiculous. I think now that some of the bigger power five teams are getting into conference play, their numbers have elevated as far as strength of schedule. But at one point, Gonzaga was battling it out one or two for strength of schedule uh, across the country. Um, so, you know, what they did in the non-conference has absolutely prepared them for everything they're going to see in the conference. Uh, and I don't think Gonzaga needs to change anything. It certainly is crazy to think that current Gonzaga students would have been, you know, second through like fourth graders. The last time the team had this many losses going into WCC conference, man, as certainly we are uh, blessed with an abundance of success here uh, in Gonzaga. Dan, that's all the questions I had for you. Pepperdine today, the schedule uh, starts up, you know, there's there's winter break is over. They have had their five days off for Christmas. It's time to get back to the basketball. You are going to go call games. There's plenty to go. 
around all day, every day here in Gonzaga Nation. Anything else the folks need to know before we say goodbye? Yeah, we're going to be churning out a ton of content on the website. We've got a couple of great journalists and Cole Forsman, Henry Kruger, uh, who are just knocking it out of the park with a lot of great uh, articles. Uh, photographers that we've got at nearly every game, giving you a unique look at Gonzaga basketball. And then the podcast slate, both what I've got with the ISO with opposing coaches uh, what Adam and I do with Gonzaga Nation SI, um, what Stephanie Hawk Freeman's doing on the on the women's basketball side, uh, what Sack and Jack are doing, um, what you know, all the different offerings that we have. Whether you're a Fairweather fan or you like the comedic aspect or you like the the intense in depth basketball uh, kind of critiquing, you're going to get it all with Gonzaga Nation SI. I'll just close the podcast there at that note. If you're cool with it. 